Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Today, I'm going to talk to you about rebuilding brokenness. Rebuilding brokenness. Now, when I say that, you may be sitting here and you say, broken, I'm shattered. You know, you may feel like Humpty Dumpty where all the pieces are, are just everywhere. And how in the world can that be put back together? In the natural, maybe it couldn't. Or you may be here this morning and you may say, you know, at this time in my life, I don't really feel like I have brokenness. Well, I have good news for you today. Maybe God could reveal something to you that you didn't even know that was there, or maybe he wants you to hear this message so that you can take it out of this place and minister to other people. So I want you to be open to hear what I'm going to say this morning, because I believe God has given me this message, and if he has, he's given it to me to change lives. Not so that we can remain the same, but so that we can be changed. Amen? You know, I was just thinking lately, and I've been doing my fall cleaning, you know, and when I do that, I dismantle and take apart everything, and I see everything that needs attention. If I need to touch up paint, or, you know, I've got furniture that needs repair, or, uh, you know, I've got something that's broken, and it needs to be adjusted, or whatever, and it just work that needs to be done. And I, I begin to think about that, and I begin to think that is much like God in our lives. He begins to to look over our lives and he begins to see that there are areas that are broken. There's areas that need adjustment. There's areas that have been shattered. There's uh, areas, um, you know, where we're just almost completely dysfunctional, if you know what I'm saying. And so there needs to be a rebuilding of our lives and a putting back together of the things that have been shattered and the things that have been broken. Now, I want to tell you something. When it says that we're a new creature in Christ Jesus, behold, all things are become new, he's talking about the spirit of man. When you come to the Lord, you instantly step out of darkness, out of the kingdom of the devil, and you come into the kingdom of light or Jesus Christ, the kingdom of his dear son, talking about the father. So you instantly, you don't, you don't have a broken spirit. You don't have a broken spirit. God comes to dwell on the inside of you. And when he dwells on the inside of you, you're brand new. But... Your mind still needs to be renewed. He tells you to renew your mind when you come, after you come to him, you renew your mind by being in the word of God. You begin to change the way you think and the way that you see things. See, right now we're living at a time when our culture and our nation sees things a certain way. But we can't be duped by that. As God's people, we have to go back to the book and get our updating and our transformation through the Word of God. In other words, if I, th you know, there are things uh, that when I grew up, I thought were in the Bible, and I thought that were principles of the Bible, and I thought it really said it. And then after I started reading it for myself, I'd heard people say things that weren't at all from the Word of God. So what did I have to do? I had to update my thinking, and I'm continually doing that, and so are you. We, you know, there's not one day that we arrive. We're going to be updating and be transforming into what God has for us as long as we are on this earth. Okay, so we get born again instantly, become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Our spirits are instantly transformed, but our minds have to be continually transformed by renewing on the Word of God, feeding on the Word of God, seeing how God sees things. The reflection, we look in the Word and we see God, we see His reflection, and we allow it to come into our hearts and lives. 
So we update our minds. But then we've got this thing with our personalities, our emotions, you know, our soul. And this is where the brokenness is, folks. And you know, you go back in time, generations ago, people were broken and people had problems and people were going through difficulties, but there is, it's nothing like today. It's nothing like today. Now, I happen to believe it's because the families have been shattered and broken. You've got people having children out of wedlock. I mean, the percentage is just astounding. Well, you say, what about that? Well, number one, it's a sin. You're supposed to be married before you have a sexual relationship and you have children. That's the Bible way. It doesn't matter what the world says. That's the Bible way. And then when the child doesn't have a mother-father that can speak into their life, there's going to be brokenness and there's going to be problems. Now, I'm not saying everybody that had their father and mother, you know, is perfect. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the degree of brokenness that is in the world today and in this nation today. And it stems from what I believe is the drugs and so much that come in. And the Bible says that in the last days, they'll be without natural affection. In other words, motherly and fatherly love for children. Have you ever seen a time? See, we, we've got to repair the brokenness. And that's why there's so much brokenness here. I believe that's part of the reason. And God wants to take us as his church. Are you listening to me? And you're in this place today. And maybe you're broken because of some of the things, the societal issues that I'm talking about. God wants to rebuild you, raise you up, and you don't have to continue to live in that way. You see, we have personality issues. We can't get along with people. We think everybody's out to get us. We're paranoid. We want to isolate ourselves. We don't want people to get close because they may see our flaws. On and on and on. But I tell you what, one person that we need to take the cover off and reveal who we are is to Jesus Christ. And he'll start this rebuilding process that we're going to talk about this morning. Can you say amen? amen? Now, people need adjustments. They need fixing. They need reconstruction. And that's because so much damage has happened in our life, so much harm and hurt. All those things come into our lives. We can't deny it. I'm going to tell you, one of the worst things that we can do is to deny I don't see anything. Do you see anything? Well, you just ask the right person and they'll be willing to tell you. Do I see anything? Have you got an hour? You know what I'm talking about, right? So you, before you can ever get God's help, you have to admit and not deny that you need that help. And we have to come to the foot of the cross, yield ourselves to God, and allow Him. You know, there's many times I just see this. It's something I see in my spirit, and I see in my time of hurt, and in my time of dealing with issues and things that are in my life that I know that are not pleasing to God. I just see the Holy Spirit hovering over me, and I just see him just like that dove, just standing there to protect and to help. And those wings just moving and pulling in to me the help that I need, the peace that I need, the love that I need. See, this is what we need to understand. In our brokenness, God does not condemn us, but he loves us. His love never fails. I like that song. It never fails. It never gives up on me. 
He never gives up on me. And if he doesn't give up on me, he's no respecter of persons. So he doesn't give up on you. You say, I'm just such a mess. Well, God specializes in making a mess a beautiful object, a beautiful thing. He specializes in that. And so there's hope for us this morning. In Matthew 12, 20, in the Amplified Bible, I want us to look at this this morning. It says, a bruised reed he will not break. Now, what does that mean? A bruised reed he will not break. A reed is, you know, it's a plant. It's like a, a, a you know, a tree type, but, but very frail, very small little tender trunk upon that reed that, that reaches out. And I, it's bent, a bent reed. In other words, a straight and tall reed, you know, you think, well, it's growing. You know, it's flourishing. But when it is bent over and it's just about ready to come down, you know it's going to be destroyed, right? Well, li listen to this. This is God talking to you. A bruised reed he will not break. In other words, have you ever just seen mean people? They're just mean and they see somebody get down and they'll just come over and just step on them and take them the rest of the way down. They're people. You're full of the devil if you do that. Whoa. It really is the truth. People who do that kick somebody when they're down. The body of Christ has been the worst I know to do that. Somebody fails, they're bent like that reed, and then what do they do? Just come over and knock them the rest of the way down. But I tell you, just like I see in, in my mind, I see the Holy Spirit coming to protect that bent over reed, to protect it, huddle over it, huddle around it, and keep away someone who's going to destroy and damage. And we need to see God in that way. So he said, when you're bent over like a reed, broken, God's not going to be the one to take you down. And it says, a smoldering or dimly burning wick, he will not quench or put out. In other words, when you see a candle and that wick on that candle has been blown out, but it keeps smoldering. You know what I'm saying? Until someone comes over and maybe just touches it or puts something over it to take it all the way out. God said, there's still hope for you. If you're smoldering, God is not going to put your light out. He's not going to put your fire out, but he'll come and hover over you and help you in your time of brokenness to get through that. That is the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Amen? So we go through things. You know, we go through abandonment. We go through abuse. We go through hurt and harm and so many different things. And we can feel like we're bent over and about ready to, to just collapse like that bent reed or our fire. How can we take anymore? How can we do anymore? And the fire is about ready to go out. But you just get ready because the Holy Spirit is there to help you in your time of need. I want to tell you a story this morning. I went through a tragic time in my life, and I don't really talk a lot about it because I really can't. But I want to tell you that at, soon after I went through the tragedy, I was at Habitat for Humanity, uh, an outreach that they were doing that our church was involved in. And I knew I had to get into something. I knew I had to get my hands on something that I could not live isolated and pulled away even though I was hurting so bad. So I went out that day on that outreach and we were working and hammering and doing all the stuff that we were doing. Lord knows, don't give me a hammer because I'm not real good at it. But, but anyway, I, wa I was going to try. I was going to try. And in my brokenness, I remember that day, and I was so broken that I didn't know. I felt like the, the reed, and I felt like I was down. I didn't feel like I was bent. I, feel like I, was, I felt like I was down. 
And I remember looking over as we had worked and we were cleaning up and, you know, trying to get ready to leave. And I saw this nail that was laying on the ground. And this nail was all bent. It had been used in, you know, the wood and the building products, you know, that we were, what we were working on. And I, I just saw that nail all bent and twisted. And my heart cry to God that day was, Lord, that's me. I'm bent, and I'm twisted, I'm broken. And I just remember when I bent down to pick it up, the Holy Spirit saying, I'm here with you, and you're going to make it, and I'm going to see you through. I want to tell you today, if you're broken, God wants to rebuild. He is so faithful to do that. Do you know I still have that nail? I keep it. It's in a place where I keep it because every now and then I take it out and I look at that and I say, God, thank you. You don't leave me in that situation. I don't know how you can do it. I don't know how you can, but you can rebuild my broken life. And I don't mean to tell you that it's all put together, but I want to tell you God is faithful. I'll tell you that. Some of you today, you're facing things just like me. It may not be the same kind of circumstances, but you're facing something and you feel like that twisted and warped nail that had been used for something, but now it's nothing good for just to be discarded. That's maybe the way you feel. But you just hold on and you give the power of the Holy Spirit an opportunity to move in your life and he will not leave you in brokenness. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians six nineteen, it tells us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now think about that. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body houses the Spirit of God in your spirit. That's in your physical body. I want you to think about that. The glory of God dwells on the inside of you, and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, you know what that tells me? That tells me that as the temple... You have God's Spirit in you, and that means that God, through the Holy Spirit, is a partner with you. If you have the glory of God, the resurrection power of God, partnering with you, if God be for you, who can successfully be against you? People may rise up, they may try to be against you, but they can't succeed in their endeavor. Do you understand that? If you realize who you are in Christ Jesus and that you have a partnership with the Holy Spirit and when you're bent and when you're broken and when your fire is about to go out, look to the Holy Spirit. He's living on the inside of you. And he comes alongside of you to partner with you, to help you. I want to tell you this too. The Holy Spirit abides with you for a few years. Is that right? The Bible says that he abides with you for how long? Forever. He abides with you forever. In other words, the Holy Spirit, you could call him this. You could say that the Holy Spirit is your forever friend. He is your forever friend. Don't you love friends? I mean, you know, friends, sometimes you might bicker at each other and you might not get along sometimes and you might get on each other's nerves and it's you need a break, you know, or whatever. But don't you just love friends? Aren't you glad for God-given friends? I am. I'm thankful for the friends that God has put in my life. I, just this past week, I went to visit a, a friend, a childhood friend. And this friend, I mean, we grew up together. I mean, we were little. And we grew up, you know, on into our early teenage years. We lived around each other and, you know, did all kinds of things. And I was with her all the time and she was with me. 
and that kind of thing. And, and she was a good friend, you know. She was a friend. But then I grew up, you know, into my adult years. And then we, you know, we'd maybe hear from each other every now and then, but not so much. But, you know, with her, we'd sit out, and I can remember being a, a, a young teenager, and we'd talk about everything. We'd just talk about everything. Just sit on the porch or on the steps in front of the house and watch the, the cars go by and just talk and talk and talk. And she was a true friend. And this week I went to visit her. She had called me, and she said, Nora, they'd given me two weeks to live at the most. And she could barely talk. And it just broke my heart to hear it. And so I went. And when I called her husband, I said, I want to come and visit her. He said, well, she's unconscious. And I don't think that she'll know that, you, that you're there. And I said, well, I want to come anyway. And so Eddie and I, even though he's in Guatemala, we prayed. And he prayed and he said, Lord, let Linda know that Nora is there. Let her know that she's there. And so I went in, and um, as I went in, Kathy, my sister, and I, we went in to see her, and she's at home in, in a hospital bed. And she could bear, I mean, couldn't hold her head up or do anything like that. But when I came in, her husband said, you know, she has not opened her eyes in two or three days, but this morning... She opened her eyes and was able to talk a little bit. So when I came in the room, you know, I just began to talk to her and I began to share with her and reminisce over, you know, us being kids together and the things that we had enjoyed. And I got my Bible out and I read her a scripture and I began to pray for her. And then I heard the Lord say, I want you to sing Blessed Assurance to her. I said, Lord... I mean, I love her, and she's my friend, but I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? I sung Blessed Assurance, off-key or whatever it was. I don't care. I sung Blessed Assurance to my friend. And then yesterday afternoon, she went home to be with the Lord. But, you know, she was a friend in my life that meant a lot to me. Even though it was in my younger years, we never lost touch, even though we might not have been together a lot. But, you know, if I had, you know, that's my childhood friend, and I have friends now. But that is nothing to compare to the forever friend that the Holy Spirit is, that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is to us. He's our friend. Friends help friends in time of need. Wouldn't you agree? Friends are there for friends. And that's so important. For us to remember that the one, the greater one who dwells on the inside of there is just not there, didn't move into this temple just to be there. He moved in so that he could help us, that he could assist us, that he could guide us, and that he could teach us. Are you here? And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do and help us in our brokenness. And in the things that need attention. Can you say amen? amen? So, we've already established really that when we come to the Lord, He moves into our spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit. But our minds have to be renewed. And our emotions and our personalities need work. And we have to admit it. And then He can come in and help us. Now, this morning, I want to just take a few moments and I want to talk to you from the book of Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah, it is a story of a man sent by God to build the city of Jerusalem. The temple had already been built there. It had been torn down. But the Jews had come back, and it took them a long time, but they finally got the temple built back. But the walls were torn down in that city, and the gates were off their hinges. They had been burned with fire. And so here you had the temple. Now, listen to me now. 
Here you had the temple in the book of Nehemiah that had been rebuilt and it was there and they were able to worship and they were able to sacrifice and they were able to do all that they had to do to worship God. But all around them, around that temple, when they looked out, you could see that the walls had been breached. They had been torn down and the gates where... where enemy and foe alike would enter had been torn down. And so consequently, you, anything could come and go. Well, I want to tell you there's a lot of similarities there. And, and God began to show me this a long time ago out of the book of Nehemiah. That Nehemiah was just not building a city walls and gates. He was building people. As much. Those people had no confidence. Those people had been dejected. They were living as slaves to the Babylonians. And then the Persians came and defeated the Babylonians and said to the Jews, Well, you can go back and build the temple. See, you have, just because the enemy says you can't do something, God can turn it around. He conquered the Babylonians, that great kingdom who thought they would stand forever. And the Persians came in and said, you go back and build the temple. And they did. But yet, the people were devastated and they were in distress because the walls of that great city of Jerusalem that protected it and the gates for the entering in and the going out have been burned and destroyed. And I want to tell you that's much like our lives. We've got the temple and it's secure and it's in place. But the walls in our life have been broken down. And the gates, the place of authority in our life, the rulership that Jesus Christ gives us, has been devastated and we don't walk in it. We don't allow the partnership of the Holy Spirit to do the work in our life. But God wants to. And he's calling us in this day and in this hour so that we could be strengthened and helped and rebuild the brokenness and not live our lives until the day we die in a broken state. Now, he's going to work on us till we get out of here. But you don't have to remain in your brokenness, being crushed and smashed and dashed by life circumstances. Amen? Give hope. God does. Amen? So, I want you to just think with me for just a moment about these gates about the gates. Now that is the place of authority. That's the place, the seat of government. Commerce. That's where enemies are held at bay or open for friends to enter. And you see, that's our life. That's where we are. And because the walls are broken down and the gates are off their hinges, and the bars that are on the gates to hold the enemy from getting in, they've been ripped off. And so consequently, things are continually flowing through the gates and coming over the walls. And God says, look, I'm your partner. I'm your forever friend. And I will help you build these walls back up. You know... Have you ever seen anyone lay brick? You know, we built several houses and I watched them do that, you know, and they've got a way and the precision that they do it in and how they line everything up so that you don't have bricks doing this, you know. And, and they do all of that, line it up. Then they get the mortar and they begin to, in courses to lay that brick. Isn't that right? And, you know, they start out and it looks like, well, you know, there's not much going on there. That's just at the foundation, you know. And then, though, you come back a day, a day, a day, a day, a day. You come back a few weeks later. You come back a month later. And you've got these beautiful brick walls that are there. And they are, they're symmetrical. They look good. 
you know, they're neat, the mortar is the way it's supposed to be. And you see, when God, through the Holy Spirit, comes into your life to be your forever friend and your partner in life, he will help you build those walls up solid. You know, there are times, and you know this, that houses are built, the foundation, the brick will fall off, the foundation is not good, and what do you have to do? You take it all down again. But you see, when Jesus is rebuilding the brokenness in our lives, it's not going to happen that way. He's going to lay the courses down, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and you look back and you say, wow, those walls are secure. Those gates are right where they're supposed to be. You see, in the Old Testament, you know, there around Jerusalem, they had all kinds of gates. They had nine different gates. One of those is the eastern gate that's boarded up right now, waiting for Jesus to come through the eastern gate. <laughs> but those other gates that are there, they were there for certain reasons and certain things happen in those gates. You've got gates in your life. You've got the entryway into your life where God wants to bring things in. And then also, let me tell you, he wants to get together the trash and the debris and push it out. Slam the lock down. Put the bars over it so it doesn't come back. He's not going to leave you and he's not going to do a half hearted job. Amen. He wants to help. So these gates, it's very important that we understand about these gates. The gates of our life, we can throw the locks down, put the bars down. You can have rulership in your life. Did you know that? Rulership and authority in your life by what you allow to come in and what you allow to go out. I talked a little bit about this on Wednesday night. You need to protect what you hear. You need to protect what you see. You need to protect what you think on because you're allowing things to come into the gate, come into the gate, come into the gate. And it can either cause more brokenness or it can cause some rebuilding to happen in your life. So these gates are important. Amen? I want you to turn with me to Nehemiah. And we're going to look here at chapter number 1, verses 3 and 4. Now, Nehemiah in the month of December has his very own brother, his real brother, come to him and he brings him a report in verse number three. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the providence are in great affliction or distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Now, he got the report and immediately if you read on, it tells you that Nehemiah sat down and he began to weep and he began to mourn certain days and he fasted and he prayed before the Lord God. I want to tell you, and, and I know this is symbolic, but I believe this is the Holy Spirit working in our life. And I believe that the Holy Spirit takes our life and as we let him become that partner in life and that forever friend, and he comes in and he... Uh, weeps and he is grieved over maybe what has happened in our life by the things possibly that were put upon us that we didn't have any control over that other people did and we really were victims and I believe it grieves the Holy Spirit then there are things that are in their life and it's in our life and it's just because we're sinful and we do things and we open the door to the devil and we live lifestyles that invite the devil in and there's devastation and I believe it grieves the Holy Spirit. And I believe that he begins to weep as he hears and sees what's going on. I really believe that with all of my heart. 
Now, I want to tell you this morning that God doesn't want to leave us, though, in that way. And as, as you begin to read over here, Nehemiah gets his assignment. And he goes in and he begins to survey what's going on in, um, in the city of Jerusalem. He himself, he's heard it. But now he's going to go in and he's going to look it over. And he begins, he doesn't want anybody to be with him. He wants to look around and he wants to go in and out into this gate and to that gate. And see, I believe that's what the Holy Spirit wants to begin that process in our lives this morning. He wants to just walk around in our hearts and our lives and our minds, our personalities. And he just wants to begin to survey. You know, there was this time and they you know, face something that was great, almost destroyed him. Then I want you to look over here, and there's this time. And, and they're so broken from that, and they think that they're healed, or they say that they're healed, but they're really denying, and they're not dealing with the issues at hand. Begin, he, the Holy Spirit begins to walk around in our life and begins to survey where we are. You know, sometimes I know people that go through divorce, and, and I say this quite often, but, but you know, it's, it's just where we are today. People go through divorce, and they're devastated. They're smashed. I mean, smashed and, and crushed, and, you know, life has just knocked them around, and, you know, they thought somebody was faithful to them, and then they find out they were so unfaithful and then they feel like a fool and then they feel embarrassed and then they get into bitterness and God says I'm surveying and I'm looking and I will be your forever friend and I will come alongside of you and I will help you and you don't have to remain in your brokenness you can change it today I'll begin to help you lay the bricks I'll begin to get new gates if I need them or take the old ones and Restore whatever I need to do. I'll do it. I think about, you know, this foster system that we've got right now. You know, they've done away with orphanages for the, the main part and foster children. And people are, you know, kids are brought up in these foster homes. And some of them, you know, are really good situations. And people give those kids a chance. Others, they only do it for a check. Others, you know, who knows why they're doing what they're doing. But it's really not to benefit the children. And so we've got so many people, uh, you know, that way. Or maybe we've got kids that are abandoned by a father who was not responsible and didn't do the things that he needs to do. Allow the Holy Spirit to begin to survey and begin to look over your life and begin to put together the brokenness and rebuild from that place. Begin to pick up the pieces and begin to repair. Get those bricks where they need to be. God can do that. Amen? Let's read in um, Nehemiah 2:11. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. I always love this, but as I think about three days, that's the number of the resurrection. God's about to resurrect some things. I want to tell you, God wants to bring resurrection power to your life. Maybe people today that are listening, you know, through the live streaming, God wants to bring it to you today. Amen? Resurrection power. So that he came to Jerusalem and he was there for three days. And he arose in the night and some few men with me, neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. And so then he goes and again, goes to all these areas and begins to get the plan revealed to him by God. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak of himself. You know that. But he speaks just like Jesus did. Jesus spoke what he heard the Father say. The Holy Spirit does what he hears the Father tell him to do. And so, Jeremiah or uh, Nehemiah being a type of the Holy Spirit gets the plan of God. See, we don't have to worry about that, do we? He gets the plan of God for his life. 
Now, Nehemiah is a clear picture of the nature and the work of the Holy Spirit. I believe that with all of my heart. Assisting in the rebuilding of the brokenness in human life. He doesn't want to leave anybody broken. He wants to bring his rebuilding process to us. Now the Holy Spirit takes us from the rubble of past destruction to a place where he scopes it out, looks it over, surveys it, and then he comes up with a plan. You say, well, I just feel like I'm, you know, just wandering. You know, I, I don't really have clear purpose. If you allow your forever friend and your partner your strengthener, your standby, your helper, your advocate, your teacher, your guide, if you allow him, he will lead you into the plan of God for your life. And it's a plan of wholeness, putting your life back together in the way that it needs to be. I tell you what, people in ministry, you're talking about broken. I, I know so many broken ministers because there's so much hurt and heartache there. Well, we need it just like anyone else does. We have to allow our partner in life to begin this rebuilding process in us and lift us up. You know, hurt is a painful thing, isn't it? I'm not talking about physical hurt I'm talking or pain. I'm talking about emotional you know, somebody is with us and they are, you know, they love us and they're on our side and man, they'll hell and high water, they're going to stand with us. And the next thing you know, they're not with you. They're out talking about you, stabbing you in the back, whatever you want to call it. If you don't think some pain can come from that. But I want to tell you, my God is faithful. And I don't say that in a cavalier way. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't say it like that. I've been through it, and I know. And the brokenness in my life, God is always faithful to help me in those times when things happen like that. He's my forever friend. He's your forever friend. Amen? He will not leave us, and he will not forsake us. But he'll be with us forever. Now, I want to tell you, and I'm getting ready to close here, but I want to tell you that there were enemies to Nehemiah's moving into Jerusalem to rebuild those walls and to put the gates back. There were enemies, um, and their names, you, I, I hope you'll read Nehemiah especially in what we're talking about today and begin to look at it in the way that I'm presenting it, it to you. And you'll be able to see that Sanballat and Tobiah, there were others, but they were the key instigators. You know, there's, and, and it's interesting, Sanballat, you know, comes, you know what the root word of Sanballat is? Satan. Well, aren't we surprised? Nehemiah goes back. The people of Jerusalem are there. The Jews are building those walls, setting those gates in order. And what does Sanballat and Tobiah do? You're never going to be able to do that. And besides that, the government, the Persians, are really going to hand it to you because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not going to be able to build those walls. You're never going to be able. And here Tobiah and Sanballat, here they go. Speaking their lies, the devil is a liar, and he's the father of all lies. So when the Holy Spirit is hovering over your life, is leading and guiding you back to wholeness, rebuilding the brokenness, don't listen to the enemy. Well, it's never going to work for you. Look at you. You failed again. I, I tell you what, you better answer back. Just answer back. No, devil. You're not my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. He redeemed me and his blood is greater than any of my failures or my sins or my attempts to rise up and do something and fall back. His blood is greater than that and he sets me back on the right path. You got to talk back. You just don't let all that stuff come into your mind and into your spirit 
Remember the gates? Shut the door. Put down the bar across it. Turn the latch and lock it. And it's just you and your forever friend in there. <laughs> That's right. And he's going to help you. Amen. So Sam Ballad and Tobiah, they just mocked and scoffed. And then, I love it, I love it, Nehemiah just said, Hey, I'm doing a great work and I will not come down. You know what he's saying? You're not getting me down there where you are. I'm building. God's moving. He's working. And I'm not coming down on your level. That's the way we need to talk to the devil. You're, you're in the dust, devil. Tread upon him. Eat my dust. You say, oh, that's big words. No, I'm not telling you big and speaking things that I don't speak. You got to do that kind of thing. When the devil comes knocking at your door, you've got to speak the right things. You've got to do the right things at that time. And that's what we're trying to tell you this morning and what you need to do. Amen? Now, as we're ending up here this morning, I, I just want to tell you that. This thing. The Holy Spirit's mission is to help us as individuals, help you this morning, I'm talking to you, help you move forward and grow. Many times we can't move forward and we do not grow Many times we do not move forward and we do not grow because we don't receive the help of the Holy Spirit. He, remember, the Holy Spirit means helper, friend, guide, teacher, one that comes alongside to help. And that's what Nehemiah's name means. Isn't that interesting? So we have to allow him Fulfill his mission to help us move forward and grow. And many times, you know, it's just like the children of Israel when they were, you know, trying to find the promised land, wandering around for 40 years. And one day, God said, Are you not tired of going around this mountain over and over and over again? It's time you get around. And you get on the path to find the promised land. And I would speak that to you today. If you want to go forward, if you want to uh, grow in God, don't keep going around the same mountain. Acknowledge, don't deny what God needs to help you move through. You know, sometimes I want to say this, and I don't want to get off too much distracted because I, I am wrapping up here. But sometimes... We have horrible relationships with the people that we're supposed to be the closest to and that we're supposed to love because of the brokenness in our life. And we just keep going around and around and around. And God wants to help you find wholeness in Him. He wants to rebuild this broken area and help you move so that you don't have to have a marriage made in hell. Who wants to live like that? I don't. And I know you don't either. But sometimes we are responsible for bringing that into our homes. And you say, well, if only they'd do this and only they'd do that. I can't tell you about that. And you can't change them, but you can change you. So you can take that factor out of the mix. And maybe if a spouse sees you flourishing and moving forward and growing as you partner with the Holy Spirit or He partners with you, maybe that will be something that will stir them and they will want that too. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is to help us move, grow, and go forward. 
God wants to repair our human personalities. There is no doubt about it. And he wants to restore to us. God is greater than our brokenness. I want to tell you something. God is, through Jesus Christ, the great physician. You know, if you were to go to the doctor and you were to say, these are my symptoms, doctor, and I need your help. And then he begins to, you know, check things out and, you know, um, diagnose and, and get you. And he says, okay, this is what your problem is. And see, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He'll help you find out. The great physician, Jesus Christ, will help you find out what your, your sickness and disease in that personality is. And he'll bring his restoring power and he'll rebuild those broken places. And I want you to remember that you have authority and rulership in your life when it comes to the gates and the walls. You have a responsibility. You remember in the book of Genesis before Adam fell? Adam and Eve, they had rulership. They had authority. You remember that? They were made and created in the image of God. And then man fell, and so those things had to be won back. Well, they were won back when Jesus went to Calvary. So you can get those gates on their hinges and get them set back up and take the authority and the rulership that God has given you just in the same way that you received the new birth and becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus in your spirit man. That can happen. It can happen today. The process can begin. I could say, let the process begin. I want to end with this scripture in Nehemiah 1.18. After Nehemiah had spoken, let us rise up and build so they strengthen their hands for this good work. This good work was what? The rebuilding process. Now, I believe your forever friend and the partner of the Holy Spirit that comes alongside of you to help you, he's saying today, rise up and let us build. He will help you get the walls where they need to be. He'll help you get the gates set back where they need to be. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.